Hey guys, John Lugo here from Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. Uh, thank you again for listening, and as I said in the previous episode, um, the Eastern Conference over-unders have been broken up into two parts, and here is part two. Once these over-unders are done, we will shorten the podcast so we do not have to break them up anymore. But thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so Miami, 41 and 41 last year, and now at 43 and a half is their odds. They lost Willie Reed, Josh McRoberts, and Luke Babbitt. They signed, uh, they drafted Bam Adebayo, traded for AJ Hammond, signed Kelly Olynyk, and I mean the biggest thing that they had to do over the summer was either retain Dion Waiters or trade him for something, and they retained him. So are you? So can can this team? Let's see. So taking the over would be three wins better. Uh, can they do that? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have Justice Winslow back. They were kind of injured last year. If you're a believer in Dion, it basically I think this basically comes down to: Do you think Dion Wears is gonna throw it in after he got his deal or not? Okay, so a couple of points. After Justice Winslow got injured, that's when they completely flipped the script and started and won like 20, <laughs> 20 more games than they lost over the course of the season. I'm not saying I, it's Justice I, Winslow's I, fault. I'm saying that at that point, Eric Spolstra had to like go with like a ragtag quick game. Yeah. Let Goran Dragic and Deion Waiters like wreak absolute fuck havoc on the entire league. And Justice Winslow, I mean, he's like Michael Kidd Gilchrist, but worse. Like, he can't score, but he's not as good a defender. He's not as agile. He's not as quick. And can Hassan Whiteside play with Kelly Olenek? Because for them to be good, they need those two guys to be on the court at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think that works out on offense, but on defense, that's going to look pretty ugly. I mean, one big X factor, which is hilarious, and I'm about to say this, is James Johnson. <laughs> Apparently, he lost shitload of weight when he got to Miami and played yeah. better than he's ever played before. Yeah. But... They paid the man his money. Yeah, didn't he get a bigger deal than Waiters? I don't know if he got a bigger deal, but he got a big deal. And they gave Dion Waiters Island Waiters a lot of money. And they gave Hassan Whiteside a lot of money the previous year. Is it the previous year or is it this year that he got it? The previous year. She's got a lot of guys, including Gordon Dragic, who have a reputation for dogging it on the same team. Yep, James Johnson did get more money. He got Dion Waiters got four years at fifty-two million, and James Johnson got four years at sixty. And the only thing that I really have to say about Kelly Olynyk is that I've never wanted to punch an NBA player more <laughs> than when he like tried to rip Kevin, Kevin Love's shoulder out of his arm. <laughs> okay, so forty-one and forty-one. The over/unders at forty-three and a half. The second half of their year last year was a lot better than the first half. So, do you think that they're going to continue that streak, or their entire record of forty-one and forty-one says more about them? Um, I think that they will be over the forty-three and a half, and they can win like forty-five, forty-six games. But I think people are going to expect them to win like fifty, which yeah. is a lot closer to their second half pace. Yeah, but they're just going to have. Their lineups are going to be really funky, which is Eric Spolster's kind of specialty, I guess. I mean, he won a championship with Chris Bosh at center. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Deion Waiters is certainly not LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. But uh, Also, just like, the Chris Bosh stuff is supremely sad. Yeah, it is. 
He's like completely retired now. He's done. Put him in the Hall of Fame today with. Oh yeah, Hall of Fame today. Yeah, absolutely. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But uh, yeah, so (sighs) Miami don't really know what they're doing, but I think they are going to go over. So maybe not by much. I think that's a pretty solid over though. Yeah, for sure. That's a safe bet. Unless Goran Dragic gets injured, and then there's no way that they win more than that games. They need him to score. Yeah. Okay, Milwaukee. They lost Spencer Hawes. They, I think they waved and stretched him, Spencer Hawes. They didn't resign Jason Terry, and they lost Michael Beasley. They added a rookie, DJ Wilson, and they added James Young, who was a scrub on the Celtics. They didn't do anything at all. They didn't. I don't think they had any cap room. They re-signed Tony Snail, but outside of that, they didn't make any like notable additions. So, and this team, they they went forty-two and forty, and the line is at forty-seven and a half. So, are if you take the over, you're saying that they're six games better than last year, even though they didn't make any big moves. Do you agree with that? Okay, so I agree that they didn't make any big moves. I think the line is inflated because. Jabari Parker and Chris Middleton were injured for a large part of the season. That is true. But, but, those guys ostensibly played the same position, and one of them is way better than the other one. Sorry, Jabari Parker. <laughs> I, I think that you have a very fun and cool offensive game. I hope that you get traded to the Knicks somehow. Yeah. that would be great. He, would he would work that. really well with Kristaps, I yeah, think. Yeah, that would be a great <laughs> and fun one-two punch for, like, the next eight years. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... You say eight years, but Jabari Parker's been injured both years of his NBA career. Yes, he has. Um, and they were a lot worse with him in the lineup in every discernible way other than did it look good? But I think the five and a half wins is based on the fact that those two guys were injured and everyone expects Giannis at Sakumbo just to keep getting better, which I think is yeah. a fair bet. Do I think it's five and a half wins better? Like cracking 48 wins? No. I think that they can win like 46 or 47 games. And that would be really good, considering how shitty Milwaukee as a place is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Another super racist city. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so the big points are, if, if if you're choosing Unner, that's what, banking on Giannis being... I mean, for all we know, Giannis could end up winning MVP next year. Even if you... I think that for him to win MVP, that they have to win 52, 53 games. And be the second or third I mean, seed in the East. Russell Westbrook has something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that really hurts. <laughs> I honestly keep forgetting that James Harden didn't win MVP. Because he obviously, in glaring... We're going to talk about all this during the Western Conference. Yeah, Western Conference. There's going to be tears. But back to Milwaukee. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo has a chance to be in contention for an MVP later on in his career, but before that happens, he has to have a better teammate than Chris Middleton on his team. Yeah, Chris Middleton, Jabari Parker. No disrespect, though, to those guys, because those guys are fine NBA players, but they have a bunch of weird dudes over there, and have yeah. Jason Kidd, who no one knows if he's a good coach. <laughs> for a Did second, you? I thought he was Derek Fisher, and then he fucked up. <laughs> Matt Barnes' his wife, but that was Derek Fisher. <laughs> So do you did you watch much of Malcolm Brogdon? Do you think he gets much better? Or do you think he is who he is? I think he is who he is because he's old. Like isn't he already 26, 27 years old? Not that old, but I think he's like twenty four, I think. Let's see if we're both typing in Malcolm Brogdon on Google. Oh he's twenty four, okay. 24. I, I thought he was a little bit older than that. Um 
He's a Rick Fox looking dude. <laughs> he does look like Rick Fox. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Especially in this Google mugshot. Yeah, um, he does. Okay. I don't know. I mean, he averaged 10 points a game last season and four assists. Like, it's not like he set the world on fire. He's already 24 years old. How much better can he get? I guess you, you consider his coach is like the fourth or fifth best point guard of all time. He could probably teach yeah. him a couple things. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. like, for that team to be good, and when they got good, was when Giannis was the point guard of that team. Yeah. So, can Malcolm Brogdon shoot well enough to justify being on the court enough? He could probably be really good at shooting corner threes. I wouldn't trust him with much else beyond that. Uh, I think that's a fair point. Is Greg Monroe going to play 20 games this season? I don't know. I have nothing to say Who about Who plays Greg. more games, Greg Monroe or John Henson? Greg Monroe. I don't know what's going on with John Hansen, but I mean, he's they gave like, him a bunch of money and then immediately benched him. Yeah, he's just out of the rotation now, so I have no clue what's going on with him. So, six games better, Milwaukee. Oh, I'm going to go slightly under. I'm going to say they win like 46. I'm going to go over, just because I think the next team we're going to talk about is going to drop which is the Toronto Raptors we'll talk about in a second. But I think that there is just a tremendous void in good teams in the East. Someone has to win these games. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so yeah, let's get to it. Toronto Raptors, they went 51-31. and Their over-under is 48.5. They took a hit this summer. Shit, now that I look at the list of who they lost, they lost so many core players in their rotation. They lost Patrick Patterson... P.J. Tucker, Corey Joseph, and Damari Carroll. And they added K.J. McDaniels, who, if you still believe in him, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Kyle Wilger, who was a rocket last year, and that's all I know about him. <laughs> C.J. Miles and rookie O.G. Ananobi. So, they are clearly worse. I think this kind of sells it short how much worse they are, because... That's that's four key parts of their rotation that they lost. Who's filling in the void there? Um, I, I think that they're banking on the fact that C.J. Miles can be some sort of facsimile for Patrick Patterson, but I think Pacers fans will tell you, ooh, no. Yeah, so, Ouch. Yeah, so they're trying to replace, yeah, they're trying to replace Patrick Patterson with C.J. Miles. Uh, KJ McDaniels and Kyle Wilger, they're not, I, don't, I doubt they'll do anything. OG Ananomi's recovery from a torn ACL. Yeah, and they then, need OG Ananobi and KJ McDaniels to fill PJ Tucker and Demarni Carroll's shoes, and that is that is not that's a happening ridiculous at thing all. to ask. Is Bruno Caboclo still in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. I think so. Maybe he's only one year away now. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do with him. Let's see. Their starting lineup is expected to be. Uh, well, they still have Lowry and DeRozan, uh, CJ Miles, Serge Ibaka. Jonas Valanciunas, and then, uh, let's see, their backup point guard is going to be whoever emerges from DeLon Wright and Fred Van Vliet, who both, <laughs> they were both good D-League point guards last year, who I think they can both be good NBA players, but not now, and then Bruno, Co- is, yeah, back to Bruno Caboclo, is he going to be in the rotation? What's what's his deal? <laughs> I mean, if he's not in the rotation, I still don't understand why the fuck he's on the team. Has he played? At all, like, reasonable minutes in the NBA? No, he hasn't. I don't think he has. I think all he's done is play in the D-League. He's got a pretty smile, though. 
Yeah, he looks like a he looks like a sweet man. He played twenty. He played he played nine games last Holy year. Holy shit! He's only twenty one years old and he has an eight foot wingspan. Yeah, he's lanky as all shit. Oh but I uh, okay. So this is one of the he's, few good teams where shit. their over unders went down. He was well. Hold on, before you continue, he was drafted in twenty fourteen. Yes. In his whole career, he's played twenty three games. How many minutes? <laughs> Let's see. 4.6 per game. Okay, so he's played like 90 minutes of NBA basketball in three seasons. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? Uh, it's one of the most inexplicable decisions of all time to draft that guy. If he eventually turns into some sort of NBA player, pay whoever the fuck drafted him some money, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who. I don't think it was Masai who drafted him. Oh. It was before Masai. But I don't even remember. But, um, but Toronto, like I said, is one of the few teams, one of the few good teams to like go down. Yeah, Vegas expects them to win two and a half less games. Yeah, or at least has set the line there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I tend to, to, I would even take the under from that. You would or wouldn't? Would because Kyle Lowry just got a year older. Yeah, he, he got injured again last season. He had giant slump again last season. Got his fat stack of cash. <laughs> he got a big fat stack of cash. What I think was it? Three years, ninety million, I think. Something like that. When they wouldn't even go the full five with him, which makes sense because who the fuck would? <laughs> but and then Demar Derozan, like I saw an article the other day. I don't remember if it was on Bleacher Report or ESPN or what about how Demar Derozan is finally embracing the three, and like no, I mean he's That's gonna like, he's gonna chuck like ten threes in the first two games total. And then he's gonna make two of them, and then he's gonna abandon it. He's gonna do the same that's, shit he always does. Yeah, I mean that's what I don't understand that at all. Like he's probably the best mid-range shooter in the league. Like just take two steps back and shoot the three. But he's not gonna do that. So it's just a confidence thing. Like he's never done it. He's never had to do it, and so the Raptors are gonna finish fourth. Yeah. Okay. So. Are you assuming this next team is going to finish ahead of them? Washington Wizards? They're, they're, Vegas is selling them short, I think. Yeah, they're dropping... Uh, Washington was 49-33 last season. Vegas has a line at 48.5. So... I don't know why they would be worse. All you have to, so, is, if they stay the same, you bet the over. Like, yeah, and they added Marcus Morris like at the trade deadline. Or yeah, even, Markeith. Oh, Markeith Morris. Yeah, but uh, oh no, 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 no! I, I just, I, I totally goofed that up. They didn't add. They've had, they've had the Morris twin. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're still good. Like, I mean, I think Bradley Beal can be a little bit better. I mean, they it's, signed Jody Meeks, so it's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, they and had then, Tim Frazier, who was decent for the Pelicans whenever he played last season. Yeah. And um, my girlfriend's best friend went to high school with him. <laughs> so shout out to Strake Jesuit high school in Houston, Texas. Um, but he was fine, and I'd rather, frankly, I'd rather have a guy who's just fine, who's trying to earn his money, than Brandon Jennings be my backup point guard. Yeah. I guess the only thing that hurts is that they lost Boyan Bogdanovich, but I don't think he makes that big of an impact. No, so I don't, I don't think so either. Yeah, and I mean... And... They signed Otto Porter. They kind of had to sign Otto Porter to this max deal. No option. But they also, like, he... I think he can be better. I mean, even though they didn't have the option, I still think he was worthy of that max deal because he can be better. Yeah. He, he played a really good role last year. And, yeah, he can be better. So he, and Scott Brooks is a great regular season coach. He is. That is true. And, and it's his second year, so... So far, I mean, everything I've heard, they still like him there in Washington. This is just his second year, right? 
I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't I don't see why they don't go over. Right. I think they went around 50, 51 games. Yeah. Just because, like, think of all the, the shitty teams we've talked about. Who's beating them? Yeah, I mean, they're absolutely in the mix. They're, they're at the very least, going to get a top three spot. I think... Yeah. I think... You, I think in order to get a top three spot, you can you have to get forty nine wins, and I think that's an easy goal for them. Yeah, I think it's much less than that. So the NBA really needs to consider realignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, realignment. I think they need to do that anyway. But I think if the, your top three Eastern Conference team is forty seven wins, then you should like expedite that shit. But I say over. Yeah. I, I think it's a firm over. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, and I mean, unless Bradley Beal regresses and gets injured like the second week of the season. Yeah. That'll happen if I draft him in my fantasy. <laughs> I yeah. hold your fate in my hands, Bradley Beal. Okay, so finally, we're down to the last two teams, and we finally got to an undeniably good team. <laughs> the <Did> Cle- we? <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers. They went 51-31 and 31 last year, and their line is at 53.5. And, and they are just... They're just getting real weird with it in LeBron's last year. So they did the big Kyrie Irving trade and got Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, and Ante Zizic. They also signed Derrick Rose, Jeff Green, Jose Calderon, signed one of their rookies, Chetty Osman, and they also lost James Jones, Darren Williams, Derek Williams, and Dante Jones. So does Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, and Derrick Rose make them three wins better than last year? No. Um, for one, because uh, people are saying that with Isaiah Thomas's torn labrum surgery, that he's probably not going to be there to start the season. Yeah, which absolutely means not. That they're rolling out on opening day of the NBA season, <laughs> Derek, Derek Rose. fucking Rose at starting point guard, and expecting to challenge not only the Celtics but challenge the Warriors for the yeah. championship. That's the and, dumbest thing that I've ever heard. And signing Jeff Green. I can I can see some. Deep shit brewing with Isaiah Thomas because when I think of Isaiah Thomas' situation, I think back to Derrick Rose when he first started getting injury plagued. And that I think it was that first year after he tore his ACL, and there were reports that he was fine, but he just chose to set out the season in the playoffs anyway. Like, if, if Isaiah Thomas is finally cleared to play, like, in mid March, does. Does he even bother suiting up? Because Wait, like, is, he, is he out for that long? I've I've heard that he that like best case scenario he's back in February. Holy shit! I thought he was gonna miss like six weeks. No, I think yeah. I I would be surprised if he's back by January. I'm expecting him to be back around February. But if it, if if it set, extends out, it sounds like a serious injury. If it extends out to March, I know he's a free agent coming up, but like. For a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who's expecting one big final payout next summer, do you just sit out and try to convince teams that you're healthy, or do you play and risk exposing yourself as washed? I think that that puts him in a really bad position, but at the same time, if that's true, and like a good prognosis is for him to play in February, why in the fuck did they go through with that deal for Kyrie Irving? I mean, I guess... I feel. I mean, I, I guess because because yeah. I mean, I guess because he's a. This is just a regular season thing, and so like they're just saying as long as they have a full strength Isaiah Thomas by the playoffs, then the then the deal is worth it. And they also just had to figure out a way to get rid of Kyrie, and they also got Crowder a pick and Zizic out of it. So I get that, and I think the people saying that the the, the Cavaliers really won that trade like super hard are just like completely overstating it. 
Because for one, Isaiah Thomas isn't signed right now. And he's not going to want less than the max. No, he's not. And so either he's going to put himself in a position where he could easily re-injured, or he's going to prove to not be good anymore. Yeah, it doesn't... Small guys who get injured almost never come back good. Yeah, and I feel like for as much talk as there's been about this trade, I feel like that hasn't been discussed enough. Is that like this could be like the Isaiah Thomas that we saw last year in Boston? Like that was clearly the best version of him, but like that may be the last time we see a good Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. So and then I mean Jay Crowder is a solid rotation player, but it's not. If if you don't ever get back Thomas or get back a bad version of Thomas, I don't think Crowder makes up for that. And adding Derrick Rose for a lot of reasons is stupid. Like chiefly among them is like the whole civil court scenario that he's in. Oh god. And yeah. the things he admitted to doing. I know he hasn't been charged with anything, he's not gonna go to jail. He's but a... the things that he admitted in open court do not do not paint a pretty picture for a franchise that already has a lot of PR trouble. Well, with the burning of jerseys and Dan Gilbert being yeah. a scam artist yeah. and making his money on, yeah. like, auto loans yeah, <laughs> ripping off America. I just feel like that's, like, one more hit of something they don't need, and they're going to turn LeBron into a villain again this year. Yeah, I that's mean... That's where the media is swinging this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know... Can you really make out LeBron to be... I feel like even, like, casual fans are now aware of how shitty Dan Gilbert is and how... I mean, I certainly hope so. And, like, how fucked LeBron would be if he were to resign. Because if he resigns, Dan Gilbert's not going all in for a championship anymore. He's clearing as much salary as as possible to get below the tax and then just saying, sorry, LeBron, but you're going to have to settle for the Eastern Conference Finals the rest of your career. Yeah, so I think... I think you're totally right. I think that there's probably no way that LeBron resigns. So I just don't see how it's like a positive scenario in any way this year. It's just going to be a toxic as yeah, just a, yeah, just a bad environment. And like the big elephant in the room, the big white elephant, <laughs> is that we just went like nine minutes talking about the Cavaliers without mentioning the name Kevin Love. And like, is he good anymore? Because yeah. if they're going to win more than 53 and a half games with Isaiah Thomas missing half the season. Kevin Love has to be the best wide NBA player. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the best wide NBA player was straight into the Boston Celtics, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, he was. It was just, do you think... I feel like Kevin Love has a really good chance to show that he's still awesome, because like he's going to spend at least half the year being the second-best player on the team. Like, I mean, he probably is a second-best player regardless, but he's not going to have to share the ball with Isaiah Thomas like if he's the third best player like he would with Kyrie like now it's now it's just LeBron in love so for at least like yeah so I mean I just don't know if his back like literally can take the load that he's about to have to carry on the team I hope that he put on a lot of muscle this summer and like stopped cutting weight every preseason like he has been for like the last eight years drank more chocolate milk you look like Justin Timberlake (laughs) now sometimes but please get fat again for the sake of your NBA career so what's best case scenario for Kevin Love? What do you think Kevin Love is right now? Um, I think that he is a top 30, 35 NBA player at this point. When he was a top 10 NBA player two or three years ago. So does that mean he's like the best player on a second round team? The second best player on a second round team? I, don't I think... Is he in over his head in Cleveland right now? It's just been so long since he had to show that he was good. 
Yeah. Really. Like, when anyone actually counted on him to be good. Like, his most famous moment of his career is going to be standing in front of Steph Curry and not falling over. Which is pretty awesome, Which because that got the, the, the title. Time, like, it literally, like... <laughs> That moment and then winning the title, it literally brought people, including myself, to tears. It was such such a great moment because, like, you felt for the guy. I mean, he's, like, made a ton of money in his NBA career, and he's had a great NBA career, but he was shit on so much that season. (laughs) That season, especially those finals, he was benched. And then, for whatever reason, Ty kept with him in that game, in Game 7. And Steph Curry's knee was hurt enough. I know all the stands out there. He'd be like, "Wow, wow, wow!" His knee was hurt. He was out there. He was playing. Yeah. No, he was very clearly injured. Yeah. So he didn't feel comfortable enough to take him off the dribble. Yeah. Which, I mean, even at like seventy-five percent health, he's taking love off the dribble and he's laying that in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it was an amazing I, I don't resen- want redemption story. His, I don't want that to be his like crowning achievement in his career. And he's never really had a chance to show like what his best role is. He was always either. The clear best player on an absolutely shitty team in Minnesota. Yeah, teams or, that always just couldn't quite put it together because of Ricky Rubio. Yeah, who we'll or, talk about tomorrow. Or a guy who, who just who was obviously a good player, but just seemed like he didn't fit in Cleveland at all. And like, I mean, I still don't know if he fits. I mean, he he fit well enough to win them a title that year where everything went right for them. But like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think of Kevin Love. I think that if the Cavs were smart, they would offer Kevin Love and like a first round draft pick to take Trevor Ariza and Ryan Anderson for the Rockets. You think that makes them better? I think that Trevor Ariza and Jay Crowder and LeBron on the court at the same time is disgusting, even against the Warriors. And I think that if you're going to ask Kevin Love to stand in the corner and shoot threes, why not just ask a guy who's that's his deal? <laughs> like, if yeah. that's all you want from Ryan Anderson, <laughs> Ryan Anderson's worth $17 million. On the yeah. Cavaliers, Ryan Anderson is worth $17 million. Yeah. Ryan Anderson got smoked by the Spurs. I can't imagine what he would, what, how burnt out he would be against the Warriors in the finals. <laughs> right. I was just trying to get someone from Cleveland to hear that and take Ryan Anderson. And... <laughs> Here is one. I'm not. I'm not gonna be much of a hot take cannon on this podcast, but I have an interesting prediction slash question for you. Now, this I'm thinking of a big deal, a big trade with Cleveland, and this requires the other team mailing it in and understanding that they suck. But who would say no to a deal of Tristan Thompson, the Brooklyn pick? Cleveland's 2019 pick, so the year after LeBron leaves, for Anthony Davis. Who would say no? Yeah. I want to say that the Pelicans would say no, but I don't. I don't know if they would. <laughs> <laughs> but that was some hard hitting analysis. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're owned by the guy who owns the Saints. Um, and there was a case about whether or not he was senile and whether or not he could actually buy an <laughs> team a few years ago. Yeah. So their front office situation, um, who's their GM? Is it Del Demps? Still Del Demps. Del Demps is still their GM. Yeah. And so we don't know how much power he has. It's the Benton family. The Benton family yeah, yeah. owns the Pelicans. Yeah. I don't know how much power Del Demps has to deal the franchise player. Yeah. And if they do that, then Boogie Cousins is their franchise player. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of... So the NBA uh, might say no to that deal. And <laughs> if anything, they could get out of heavy contracts that way because Ke- Cousins is a free agent next summer, so if they decide to just jump ship, they could trade Davis for picks and let Cousins go. If, or trade Cousins, too, to another if, team. If that team has Tristan Thompson and a couple first-round picks and loses Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, they are actually the worst NBA team of all time at that point. They're Maybe. worse than the tanking Sixers. <laughs> yeah. I, would, it would be a great deal for the Cavs. I don't think that in any scenario it doesn't happen. Because I think, what if the, you, as we'll find out tomorrow, that the Pelicans are going to start the season off good. Or well. What if you take out one of those picks and make it for Cousins? Do you think that'll get it done? Oh, absolutely. They do that in hard <laughs> I think if you give them you think, just the Nets pick, they'll trade Cousins. If, yeah. if they don't win seven of their first ten games. That would make their front court super cluttered, though. That would be pretty fun to see a front court of LeBron, Love, and Cousins. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm wet for that. <laughs> I want that to happen. Anyway, okay. we got 53 and a half. I say it's under. I think that they can, if they win 50 games, they're lucky. Yeah, me too. Okay, so the final team of the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics. They went 53 and 29, and their over-under is 54 and a half. So, Boston Celtics, they shuffled everything in this roster. They... Traded Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley. Lost Kelly Olynyk, Tyler Zeller, Gerald Green, Amir Johnson, Jonas Jerebko. But they added Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines, and their rookies Jason Tatum, Semi Ojale, and Gwershon Yabusele. So, and I've heard this being mentioned a lot on stories and podcasts that the team that, what, did they push... They didn't push Cleveland, what, like, to five games or something? Well, they still made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yeah, um, and they five games. Yeah. No, did it go six games? I think five. But, uh... Because they shut down Thomas during the series. Oh, that's true. But, uh... They're only bringing back... A, a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals is only bringing back four players from that team, and they expect to be better. So, I think once they get settled in, they'll be better, but... Are they immediately better? I feel like people are ignoring the growing pains that are going to come with overhauling a roster that's expected to make it to the finals. Okay, so are they immediately better? I don't think so because their whole team was predicated on chemistry. So I think you're right about that. But their over-under is only 54.5. So, I mean, I know 55 games is a lot. But once again, who the fuck is winning games in the Eastern Conference? That is true. Even if they are going through growing pains, they're still going to win, what, like 80% of those games against the rest of the Eastern Conference? Yeah, like the only teams that are going to give them trouble, I think, are Cleveland and Washington. I don't think Toronto's yeah. giving them a lot of trouble, and I don't think Milwaukee's giving them a lot of trouble. Yeah, me neither. It just, if Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving stay healthy, then I think they'll be fine. I think that they're going to re-sign Gerald Green. Like, I think that he's out there fishing for a better contract. And then they can they can get another guy. I mean, they can run it back with Gerald Green off the bench. <laughs> you can see he can score some points. He can dunk. Um, other than that, I mean, the real the, the big loss is Jay Crowder or Avery Bradley because yeah, they had to trade Jay Crowder because apparently he's one of the biggest assholes in the world. Yeah, and Avery Bradley, you know, I don't really know why they did that deal. It, yeah, Avery Bradley. I mean, they could have. They basically decided that they wanted to invest in Marcus Smart because at the time they were still clearing cap for Hayward and they basically had to decide are they dumping Bradley or Smart and they went with Bradley. I think that they figured 
And I think they figured correctly that Marcus Smart is not going to garner huge offer sheets because he can't shoot. That is true. And, I mean, they're relying completely on Irving and Hayward and Morris to score. Who's the best player on this team? Kyrie Irving is the best player on this team. Easily. Not even a question. It's not a question in my mind. But I don't think it's... I don't think it's a stark difference between him and Hayward. Do you think that it matters much to Hayward that he signed here probably expecting to be the leader and now he may have to defer to Kyrie? I think that Gordon Hayward plays a shitload of League of Legends, (laughs) like I also do, and that he recognizes the importance of team play. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So I don't think that he really cares. And and People didn't give him credit for being the best player in Utah. Everyone said that Rudy Gobert was the best player in Utah. And, like, another thing, like, I think it's going to work out, but another thing that makes me think that it may not is that he has this, that tie to Brad Stevens back in Butler. They Mm -hmm. they were both at Butler, right? Yeah, yeah, they made the national championship twice in a row. Like, is he, like, he loves Brad Stevens, but do, do you think that it'll be any problem at all if the game plan is to revolve more around Kyrie? Like, having his old coach say that the offense is going to be more about Kyrie? I think the opinions on Kyrie are extremely varied. Yeah, I think that what that you can throw out the Kyrie years in Cleveland before LeBron got there. Yeah. Because that team was fucking... They, like, they drafted Deion Waiters... And they drafted the other fucking guy. Was <laughs> Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. Like, those were his two best teammates. Who, like, it, got cut in Turkey. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, Kyrie Irving only won 32 games by himself. Anthony Bennett was supposed to be the best other player on the team. I'm sorry. that That's not a problem. If you don't remember mind. Anthony Bennett, just YouTube search Anthony Bennett pick and roll and be ready to laugh really, really hard. Um. Kyrie Irving had one of the best three-game stretches in NBA playoff, or NBA history in general, in the finals two years ago. Yeah. And I think that that guy is the real guy. And I don't think that he and Gordon Hayward are going to have, like, growing pains together. Because I think Gordon Hayward is much, much better as a secondary ball handler, which is probably why Utah never really did anything in the playoffs. Yeah. Because they didn't, like last year, they had... Um, George Hill, but George Hill, they were they were relying on Joe Johnson by the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe Johnson was wetting up shots to take him out of the first round. So Gordon Hayward is a lot better off the ball, and if Kyrie Irving draws as much attention as he should from teams, then Gordon Hayward's going to have an easy life. Yeah, I mean, I know I just spent this portion sh- kind of shitting on Kyrie, but I also think that he has potential to become a lot better because. I think, if anything, the biggest factor is that it's a change of scenery. Like, he, his career has been half spending it on some of the shittiest teams in history pre-LeBron to being in constant, like, hostility surrounding LeBron, whether he's going to leave, whether he's going to stay. Is he, is he, is his growth being stunted with LeBron around, or is, is he really... Like that selfish, just because he looks so selfish in comparison to LeBron. I think if he, I think if he like, if he like, flexes his game around the style of play that Boston likes to play, I think he can be a whole lot better. And like, I don't know, maybe it'll be motivating to be in a city that'll 
that's more calm and he can be more of the he can handle the ball more maybe that'll motivate him to pass more maybe it'll motivate him to defend more so. yeah I, I think if coaching actually matters which some people think it does some people think, don't think it does like Tyron yeah. Lue won, won an NBA finals yeah so I don't know how much coaching actually matters that's yeah true. But if Brad Stevens is as good a coach as people say he is, and it actually matters, I think that he could probably get Kyrie Irving to buy in. Because he made Isaiah Thomas an all-star, and mm-hmm. he made him rich. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to have a pretty fucking awesome starting lineup. Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, and Al Horford. We haven't even mentioned Al Horford. We have not mentioned Al Horford. And which, he's... Is, uh, which, similar to the Cleveland situation, is like an elephant in the room, because... yeah. Al Horford, um, we have a friend named Trent who likes to say that people are mental midgets. Okay. <laughs> which is kind of offensive. <laughs> but um, Al Horford has gotten clowned in every playoffs that he's ever been to. He really has. A lot of them were with the Hawks, which, I mean, if you saw the Falcons play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, that's what I understand. <laughs> but but um, Al Horford traditionally does not show up in big moments. He does not. And he's, 31, 32? Uh, He's definitely in his 30s. Let me see. Al Horford. And, I mean, I guess the one thing that he has over Kevin Love is that not as much is expected out of him. I feel like people... Yeah, he's 31. And, um, yeah, so, like, it's, it's it's no question whether or not he shrinks in the playoffs, because he definitely does, but... I mean, at least he's not doing that right next to LeBron and on a team that's constantly expected to win it all. So I feel like it's more understandable that he comes up short in Boston. And I mean, yeah, I mean, and he's never been, I think just straight up, I don't think he's ever been as good as Kevin Love. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I don't think he's ever been as good as Kevin Love or expected to be as good as Kevin Love. And he certainly does not have to be as good as Kevin Love has to be this season. Yeah. Which is why at 40, uh, 54 and a half, I'm honestly going to go over. Yeah. I think this team can win almost 60 games. I think they can win 58 or 59 games. Yeah. And they still have decent depth. Uh, Jason Tatum looks like he'll be a pretty good rookie. They still have Marcus Smart. They, um, let's see, that's like seven deep. So that's probably that's probably what their, what their playoff rotation is going yeah. to be right there. I mean, there. they'll sign some guys like Gerald Green. They'll pick up a Plumlee. Aaron Baines. <laughs> or a Zeller or so. They'll pick up some of those guys once things start shaking out and we, once teams like the Lakers start dumping people. Yeah. So. I, just, I don't think that it's going to be particularly close between them and the Cavaliers. Okay, so... That does it for the Eastern Conference. The only two that we disagreed on were Brooklyn and Milwaukee. You're over on both of them, and I'm under on both of them. If you had to pick one to bet on, what would it be? Brooklyn, okay, let me look at what the line was for Brooklyn. Brooklyn was 27.5, and and Milwaukee is 47.5. If I had to pick one to bet on, I would bet on Brooklyn. Because 27.5 is a really low bar in a really shitty Eastern Conference. And I, I have been obsessed with Jeremy Lin since he played at Harvard, <laughs> and I saw him play at Harvard. I don't know why. I just think it's he's like he's like a hyper religious guy, and I'm traditionally turned off by people who like praise God for like getting up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but there's just something about Jeremy Lin and his story that's so endearing. Yeah, I just think he's like I hated how much people shit on him when he was in Houston. Yeah, I really hope 
that he can play 65 or 70 games. Because if he can, they're definitely winning more than 27 games. Yeah, I mean, Linsanity was, like, maybe the most uplifting period in basketball of the last decade. At the time, I was at U of H, and every Asian kid in the U of H gym was not only wearing a Jeremy Lin jersey, but was also chucking. It was a dark time. I was wearing a Jeremy Lin jersey. I'm so sad I got ruined in Hurricane Harvey. I just want Jeremy Lin to be able to chuck for an entire season. Like, as, like, the second or third best player on the team. Yeah, I think... I would bet on Brooklyn going under. I'm just not convinced that they're that much better. I just... I still think they're a year away from being okay. They're definitely a really fun league pass team to watch with D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Russell, like, having more freedom, not having to be worried about being under a microscope like he was in L.A., so... So, yeah. um, Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts, the Eastern Conference sucks. <laughs> it sucks a big bag of dicks. It really, really sucks. Oh my god. I'm like it's it's got I used to love talking about how bad teams are, but it's just not that fun anymore. Like it took us like yeah. an hour to get to teams that were good. Yeah, yeah. It's and then just... I mean I'm still like, like Philly's on the second page. <laughs> <laughs> like midway up the second page is Philly. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, the whole Eastern Conference is either teams tanking, teams that are bad and who should tank but don't know it, and then Cleveland and Boston, and that's yeah. about it. And then Washington and Toronto, and I, don't I, even I think guess. Cleveland is that good, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty much over for Cleveland. So, um, we're gonna record the Western Conference preview soon. Oh yeah, for Hopefully sure. Hopefully it's more fun. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. We got well, the I mean, Rockets and Spurs coming up. <laughs> it'll probably be less fun because I'm going to be upset about Russell Westbrook being <laughs> Let's see. We got the Rockets and Spurs coming up. Western Conference is clearly much better as it has been since what feels like the NBA's inception. So, <laughs> but so yeah, I'm hoping that that'll make things a whole lot better. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this enjoyed this first episode of Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. So look out for the second episode. If you have any questions, uh, we do want to do a fan mail section. So if you do have any questions, feel free to throw some at us. Um, but yeah, that just about does it. Feel free to um, feel free to subscribe. It's av- this podcast is available on all podcast apps. Look out for part two of this episode, the Western Conference version, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later.